This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today uh, whether this is your first time or whether you are a regular viewer of Getting to Know Your Bible, we're delighted that you're watching. And today we're going to discuss a subject that touches the life of all people. Have you ever had any stress in your life? Do you feel like you're under the gun, that you have a lot of pressure on you? We want to talk today on the subject that I'm calling Life in a Pressure Cooker. Some of you may not remember the old pressure cookers but the, that we used in the, that our mothers and grandmothers used in the kitchen, but I remember them. And sometimes our life is like being in a pressure cooker. Today we want to talk about that and what the Bible teaches we can do about it. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize the fact that it is free. We want you to have it. Thousands of people all over the world are studying this Bible course. And we'd like for each and every one viewing right now to have this course. We'd send it to you free of charge. You can read it. If you don't want to fill it out, if you just want to read it and study it, that's fine. But we, you'll get the most out of it. If you'll study the lessons, send them back to us for grading. Then when you have completed the course, we'll send you a certificate of completion. Now, we're going to pause so that you can learn more about the Bible course and how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free. 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 through 10. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. These are some very interesting observations from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul had verse, just said in verse 7 that they had this treasure, that is the gospel, in earthen vessels. And as an earthen vessel, he did not have it easy. He, he said in verse 8 that we're hard-pressed, hard-pressed on every side. He also said we are perplexed, perplexed. Verse 9, we are persecuted. And he said, we're also struck down. But in spite of all of that, Paul said, 
I am not in despair. I am not forsaken. I am not destroyed. He may have been knocked down, but he certainly wasn't knocked out. I get the distinct impression that the Apostle Paul lived a life of stress and pressure. That the fact is, there is no one that is immune. And actually, there isn't anything wrong with having a certain amount of pressure in our life or stress in our life. It's not harmful, that is, unless it gets out of control. And that's what we want to talk about today, how to control the pressure in our lives before the pressure starts controlling us. You know, there are a lot of people in the Bible who no doubt experience pressure or stress in their life. Can you imagine the stress that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden after they had sinned and they were trying to hide from God? Now they knew their eyes were open. And they knew they were wrong. And don't you imagine there was a certain amount of stress and pressure on them? And then you think about King Saul. When he came back from the land of the Amalekites and whom he was commissioned to utterly destroy, but he spared the king and he spared some of the, of the sheep and the oxen and the like. And he was confronted by Samuel. Don't you imagine that he was under the gun when Samuel began to question him and ask him, what, what, what's the meaning of all of this? Pressure. And think about Aaron when Moses had been up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments and at the base of the mountain, here is Aaron, his brother, breaking the, the commandments. He, he, was, he built a calf out of gold for the people to worship. And then Aaron was confronted by Moses. You talk about a stressful situation. And then think about the man Job. He was a good man. One of the greatest men in the world in his day, if not the greatest. And yet Job experienced some devastating things. He lost his health. He lost all of his earthly goods. He lost his children, every one of them. You talk about pressure. And then to add insult to injury, here come, here come his friends. And they're saying to him, in essence, Job, you must have done something bad for all of this thing to be happening to you. And then here comes his wife, the one who should have been a comfort to his heart. And she says, why don't you just curse God and die? You talk about having stress in your life. And then you think about Abraham in Genesis 22 when God instructed him to go offer his son as a sacrifice on the altar. And Abraham would have done it had God not supplied the sacrifice on that occasion. But can you imagine the stress as you leave home with your son and you know in your own heart of hearts that he's not going to come back alive? that you're going to obey God and you're going to offer that son as a sacrifice on the altar. You talk about stress. And then you think about the Apostle Paul that we just read 
uh, about in, in the second, uh, fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. Paul lived a very stressful life. All over in the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, he talks about things that happened to him in his life. And when I began to think about maybe some things that go on in the life of a preacher that are not always pleasant, it does me good to stop and read what happened to Paul. And when I read what happened to the Apostle Paul, I realize that, that I've not had anything, anything to happen to me. Listen to him. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Now you know that, that and that alone would put the average preacher to flight today, wouldn't it? But then he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. You see, Paul had so much going on in his life, he experienced pressure. Stress is not a respecter of persons. While we study about some of these people in the Bible and, and some of the stressful situations they found themselves in, it's not a respecter of persons. There are certain childhood pressures. Can you imagine the pressure on a baby when it's born into a room with, with glaring lights in its face and then someone wants to spank it on the bottom in order to make it cry? It's born in a stressful world. Think about the first day at school. Can you remember the first day that you went to school? I remember my first day at school. And my mother walked with me to school. But all day long I knew. And I worried about the fact that she wasn't going to be there to walk back with me. I had to do that myself. I was under pressure. You know, at this stage of a child's life, it should be a, a time of, of comfort and relaxation. At this stage of a life, home should be a haven, but it's not always the case. There are teenage pressures. Teenage years ought to be the happiest time of life, but the suicide rate in our country suggests the reverse. But, but I want you to know that there is a better way. There is a better way. Young people today have the pressures of using alcohol, drugs, and... Uh, and uh, so many other things that they find themselves in. 
And so there are pressures in the teenage years. Some, here's a couple, they're just newly married. You talk about pressure, they're under the gun. Someone has su suggested that a pressure scale from 1 to 100, 1 being the least amount of pressure, and 100 being the greatest amount of pressure, that on that pressure scale, the act of getting married equals 50 points. In other words, getting married just has a lot of stress with it. There's the stress of finances, and it's not usually because you have more money than you know what to do with. You have more bills than you have money with which to pay. There was a survey of divorced couples that, that suggested that 61% of them divorced because of finances. Parents today have pressure in their lives. According to a, an article in the U.S. News and World Report some time back, that the average parents will work from the first day of January to the 10th day of May just to pay their taxes. You know, money problems today are great, and many of you that are watching, uh, getting to know your Bible right now, are having lots of money problems. And that puts you under a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. And so th those things are, are great. And then think about to the, today with parents having to rear their children, the discipline of ra raising them, training them, being involved in school activities. I've had parents tell me that I've got to go three different places tomorrow night. I've got one child doing this at one school and another doing this at another school and another at another school. And they live a very stressful life. And then their children become teenagers. And there's the stress of having to listen to all of their music in the house. And then the stress of when they start dating and when they start driving the car. And then those that live the single life or have a lot of stress in their lives, there's, a, there's loneliness in their lives. There's sexual pressure in their lives. There are a lot of single parents today who are, who are doing the very best they know how, the best they can to bring their children up right alone. And when plan A fails, they don't have a plan B because they have it alone. And then think about those that are in the retirement years. They exp experience pressure and stress in their lives. That There is the... the the stress of, of security. What about the future? How secure am I going to be? And then boredom sets in. And then they begin to experience health problems and loneliness, maybe when a mate dies. You see, all of us, regardless of who we are, where we are, what situation we may find ourselves in at this particular time, we experience pressure. Well, now what are you going to do about it? How do you control the stress and the pressure in your life? I want to suggest some things that I am convinced will help you do just that. I want to suggest, first of all, that to control the stress in your life, you need to develop a positive spiritual attitude. A positive spiritual attitude. And in order to do that, there are some things that you must know and things you must do. First of all, to develop that positive spiritual attitude, you need to know who you are. 
You need to know that you are a child of God. Now, if presently you are not a child of God, I would encourage you to become one. And to become a child of God, you must be born into His family. John 3 and 5, Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we must be born into the family of God. And I believe that Galatians 3, 26 and 27 are, uh, is, a, is a divine commentary on John 3, 5, what it means to be born of water and the Spirit. Galatians 3, 26 says we're all children of God. That's, that's being in the family, isn't it? By faith in Christ Jesus. So we're children of God by faith in Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Again, Mark 16 and 16 is a commentary, a divine commentary, an inspired commentary on Galatians 3, 26, 27, which says that we're children of God by faith in Christ and that we're baptized into Christ. For there in Mark 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So you need to know that you're a child of God. And once you become a child of God, you need to develop that attitude daily knowing that you are His child. You are His child. 1 John 3 and 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. So you need to know who you are. You need to know that you're a child of God. You need to know that you're who you are, that you have been made by God. He is the one that made us. In the 100th Psalm we read, It is He that hath made us. It is He that hath made us, not we ourselves. The 95th Psalm in the verse 6 says, Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. We need to stop and to realize that God is the one who made us. That in the beginning He created the heavens and the earth, and not only did He create the heavens and the earth, He made man. Genesis 2 and 7 says that He formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and, and man became a living soul. You need to know that. You need to know who you are. And you need to also know, that is if you want this positive spiritual attitude, that, that you're here in this world to glorify God. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, the Bible says, whether we eat or whether we drink, we ought to do all to the glory of God. Everything we do ought to be to bring glory to God. That's what getting to know your Bible is all about. It's not to bring glory to the speaker. It's, it's to bring glory to God. It's to point men to the Savior. And we'll never have a spiritual positive, a, a positive spiritual attitude until we know who we are, that we're the child of God, that God made us, and He made us in His image, and that we're here to glorify God. And we also need to know that heaven is going to be my home someday. For Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, there you may be also. Paul was looking forward to that home when he said, There is laid up for me, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love is appearing. We've got to know who we are. 
if you want a positive spiritual attitude. Furthermore, if you have that positive spiritual attitude, you have to accept yourself as God made you. As I alluded to earlier in Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man after our image and our likeness. You have been made in the spiritual image of God. And let me tell you what Ethel Waters once said. God don't make no junk. And God doesn't make junk. He made you in His likeness, in His image. Why, 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 do we, why would we have a negative attitude when we stop and to realize that God made us and, and, and He made you in His divine image? And then if we want that positive spiritual attitude, we, we, we've got to develop this attitude of being thankful for things in life. We, we, we need a, a thanksgiving spirit, not just one day out of the year. We, we need to have a thanksgiving spirit every day when you get up in the morning and you're able to put your feet on the floor and you're able to walk and you're able to get up and to, to get out about your business of the day, how thankful we ought to be. You see, there are people who can't do that. There are people that are confined to a bed. There, there are people that are confined to a wheelchair. They're, they're not able to get up and walk. How thankful we ought to be for what we have in this life. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 said, In everything give thanks. How thankful we ought to be. That will help you develop this positive attitude, a spiritual attitude. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Listen to Paul. Be careful for nothing. But, but in everything by prayer, with, with, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. For thanksgiving, our prayers ought to be filled with thanksgiving. And if we're not thankful for what we have, why should God give us anything else? Now, if you want this positive spiritual attitude, you need to learn to be content. Paul was in prison, and yet he wrote to those on the outside, and he said in Philippians 4 and 11, I've learned in what service state I am in therewith to be content. He, he said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Now, the opposite of contentment is grumbling and complaining and whining. If you want a positive attitude, learn to be content. Now, in order that we might deal with pressure, not only we need to develop this positive spiritual attitude, we need to learn the will of God for our life and we ought to do it. You know, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. It's God's will that you believe in His Son, John 8, 24. It's God's will that you repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. It's God's will that you confess your faith in Christ, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It is God's will that you be baptized for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, 38, 1 Peter 3, 21. That's God's will. 
We need to learn the will of God. It's God's will that we live faithfully for Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. It's God's will that we be kind and, and tender-hearted toward the people. Ephesians 4.32 It is God's will that be, we be loving. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8. You see, we need to learn the will of God for our life. And we need to do it. Revelation 22.14 says, Blessed are those that... Keep His commandments. That is, they know the will of God and they do it. Blessed are they that keep His commandments. Let them have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. But if you want to deal with the stress and the pressure in your life, you need to learn to keep the light burning at the end of the tunnel. Some people can never see the light burning at the end of the tunnel. All they see is the darkness. But when Paul was in prison awaiting the time that he would leave this old world for the next. Paul saw the light burning at the end of the tunnel. And he said, I am ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And then he said in verse 8, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. When I think about the light burning at the end of the tunnel, I think about the miners who were rescued in Chile. You talk about having a light burning at the end of the tunnel for 17 days. They didn't see it. And finally there was a breakthrough. And finally they were all safely rescued. We need to know that when we live our life well and we live it as a child of God, that there's light at the end of the tunnel and that all one day we'll be well with us old and stress and pressure will be no more. But we can deal with it if we'll just deal with it using this book. I hold in my hand. I want to thank you for watching today. And may I in the closing moments invite you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You will find people who love the Lord and want to serve Him. And not right now, please, please pick up the telephone and call the toll-free number on the screen so that you can receive the free Bible Correspondence Course. This could be the single greatest thing you've ever done for yourself to be help to you. It'll help you to deal with the stress in your life. Thank you for watching. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580. 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.